Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and I'm here today with Daniel Lim. Hello, hello. And a friend of both of ours that hasn't been on in a very long time. He was in the first 100. Yeah, the original episodes. 100. I don't know. Is the original 100, is that like OG status? Mm, no? Quite. May, I don't know. I mean, we're on episode 334 right now. Oh, so we're in the 360s. No. That's New Churches. New Churches oh, okay. is almost about at episode 400. Um, do you know why, listeners, why New Churches is ahead of 5LQ? Why? Let's go back and let's think of people who I have co-hosted with other than Daniel M. That would be one Barnabas Piper and one Eric Geiger. Those guys? Pansies. I was going to say posers, but they're not posers. No, they're not. <laughs> they are pansies, though. In that, they wanted to take time off. Oh, I want to take time off. Let's take off December. Let's take off the holidays. Oh. Nobody listens during the holidays. No, man. Yeah, they do. They travel and binge yep. listen. Yeah, new churches just keeps on going. New churches they're like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> uh, and so Daniel holds down uh, both episodes, and then me and Ed Stetzer flip-flop um, on the, the other episodes. Yeah, be sure to check that out. Be New sure Churches Q&A. And do realize that um, it was one, the first, it took Ed 100 episodes to realize that other people were on the podcast besides yes, him. I know. It's for real. Go back and listen yeah. to episode 100. No, he's like, how are we already at episode 100? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we have Matt Brown with us. Matt Brown! What's the up, guys? Brown. I'm holding yeah. back my laughing. I, I feel like I wanted to insert like a whole bunch of comments throughout that model. You totally <laughs> color commentary. You totally could. Oh, I've, my goodness. I've known Matt for probably five years now. Mm. I think it's been five years. That's a long time, man. And Daniel, we've known each other about that long because Todd connected us. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. So, man, I can't remember. I think I don't even know how we met. Uh, but I know it had to do with Twitter and social media and a bunch of other stuff. Twitter. Um, the Twitters. It was Twitter, I think. Huh. Yeah. So uh, those I've never met days. anyone more passionate about Twitter than Todd. No kidding. Uh, He's my aspiration Todd, and my hero. Todd is the Twitter king. Used to yes. be. I care less. <laughs> and the algorithms are less exploitable, so it's not as fun anymore. <laughs> I got to be honest. It's not as fun as it used to be. I feel um, like they're boosting young people now. Like if you're under 19... They're like Maybe. making you go viral. Maybe. You, yeah, think, it's been you think they can do that? They can do whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, change your birthday and see what happens, buddy. <laughs> I've been tempted. Yeah. IG, uh, Instagram is for sure doing that, dude. Free. Ex- oh, yes. Elevating younger uh, people? Yes. Really? Yes. Huh. Anyway, it's almost like right. the tech companies like got the strategy. Yeah. They do. They know you better than Uncle Screwtape, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> They can tempt you to buy anything. They're going to show you things that you love and hate politically, all of it. We've talked about that on the podcast before. So that is not this podcast. We're not going to talking about the Twitters or mm. the Facebook or anything like that. We today are talking about five leadership questions um, in introducing Matt Brown. Here's what you need to know about Matt. Matt is passionate about evangelism and has been ever since I've known him. Uh, so they do Ignite. Um, 
which is uh, evangelistic events. He also comes alongside and works with people like Harvest and Greg Laurie, um, Palau and Billy Graham and everybody, everybody, you know, that you would know from an evangelism standpoint, uh, he's been engaged and involved in. Now, the interesting thing about Matt is Matt has come alongside those people behind the scenes a lot of times. Uh, and kind of earned uh, earned the right to have value in that space. So uh, that's what I appreciate about Matt. Um, his organization is Think Eternity. He does have a book coming out pretty soon called um, Truth, Truth Plus, Plus Love. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Jesus Way to Influence. <laughs> Sorry. You guys should sing the love. song, the, the advertisement love song love. for Radio 5. I could sing uh, Truth Plus Love. A jingle. Do you have a jingle for your book? Well, that's what I'm, you guys are giving me the idea right now. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, so it's truth, truth plus, plus love. love. <laughs> really quickly, is that Ephesians 4, truth plus love? Or is that a different truth yes. plus love? Yes, yes. Ephesians 4.15. So, have, we'll, have you seen my quadrant on this, Matt? I've actually no. turned a Bible verse into a quadrant, which is pretty scary. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. We'll have to put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. But it's basically, hey, if you have uh, truth but no love, you're a critic. If you have all love and no truth, you're an enabler. If you have neither truth or love, you're just an antagonist. But if you have truth and love, my friend, if you have truth and love, you are a developer and, dare I say, a disciple maker. Did you just think of that? No, I'm telling you, it's a 90-second leadership (laughs) on truth and love. Truth is one axis, love is the other. No joke. That's yes. legit, man. I don't think. Thank you. I don't think I have seen it, but Todd, literally, I, in the book, I have a formula, and, and it's just my thought that you know we've called that both, and it's similar but not quite for leaders, but just for everybody. And the thought is, you know, truth minus love, and we'll just be like a noise to the world around us. Love mm-hmm. minus truth, and we'll we'll be walking in error. You know, we won't have the power of God. And then true plus love equals influence. Like people want to be around us if we're walking in both. Mm. So, so in a sense, I can, it wasn't a quadrant, but it was a formula. <laughs> I have that right there in the book. So you, you just need one, one more. of us. You need one more. Each other, or else we just great minds think alike. I don't know. I'm not sure. We rub off. <laughs> All right, let's get into our five questions, Daniel. Well, okay, but before wanna... we do that, Matt, tell us a little bit more about the book and yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In general, how many yeah. kids do you have now? You just keep having them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> popping them out. I'm like, I'm like you guys. <laughs> uh, so, Are you yeah, so we club? just had our third child. We just had our third child. So. Third, okay. Um, right. One more. Yeah, yeah, we got two boys, four and two, and then we hit. We just had a baby girl a month ago. Literally. Bless your heart, man. So I'm, I'm coming to you with a little less sleep than normal, but but still the great amount of excitement and happiness. And um, yeah, go, going great. We're just thrilled to have a baby girl and. My season this last month has been just a ton of cuddles and I'm not, not, I don't regret it at all. So, um, yeah, the book, just so excited. This has been a life message on my heart for the last six years. Um, I, I would just say kind of the baseline of it is, is at some point early in ministry, I've been doing evangelistic ministry for 18 years now. I, in Bible college and, you know, growing up in a Christian home, I, at some point I got the wrong impression. I would say early in ministry, what spiritual maturity looked like. Hmm. And it began to, for me, I thought it was intensity. And I, I don't know that I would have stated that out loud, but that's just what I was kind of aiming for was, was thinking that this is the way we're supposed to be headed and going as believers is just this, this intensity about our faith. 
in the last six years, really God just opened my heart to see like the fruit of the spirit is really the filter that as believers we're called to. And also what will make us influential in the world. Like, well, our, you know, if you think about the fruit of the spirit, if you have a whole lot of love and joy and peace, like your wife's going to be, want to be around you more, you know, or mm. if you're ladies listening your husband um, or, or your friends or your kids or uh, your neighbors or your community. And so just as believers in our world, I think we gain influence in the world as we walk and grow in maturity through this fruit of the spirit. And so, that's kind of the that's kind of the basis of the chapters of the book, but it's built around the concept of both truth and love. Love being the first fruit of the spirit. Truth and love, because if you know, again, I mentioned the formula, but if we, you know, the gospel's where the power is. The word of God's where the power is, and and that's the power to change lives. If we move away from the truth of God's word, we see this with denominations that do this. We lose the power to save. You know, you see this with churches or leaders who do this. We got to keep walking in the truth of God's word, and we'll be tapped into His power in our lives to change us. But also we need like the love and the fruit of the spirit, the graciousness and how we carry the truth. It's so important. And so that's kind of the basic basis of the book. Um, and it's just, just this theme that's just really been a personal uh, encounter in my own life that I just feel so strongly about. It feels like a life message in so many ways. I just pray that it's a blessing to people. Um, it's also just a personal pursuit in my life that I want to be this way more. And guys, there's nothing like a book. Once we get to the family question later, there's nothing like writing a book to make you go, wow, I'm really bad at this. <laughs> so, you write a book and you go, oh, I'm writing about like being kind and gentle. And I yelled at my kids, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. oh. I was overboard or whatever. And so it's just, yeah, it's, it's a personal journey, but I do think we can grow in it. I do think we can take steps forward and, and, and see progress in all of our lives. That's why, you know, the Bible talks about spiritual, spiritual maturity. And, and I think this will be powerful in our lives. And so that's kind of what it's all about. That's good. That's good. Matt, you're so right. Uh, on my Instagram, I posted this image of the emotional journey of creating anything great a couple of weeks ago. And it's when I, I finished the, my, the manuscript for my third book. And uh, in, in the, in that image, there's this point midway through where you go into the dark swamp of despair. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, this is the worst idea. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Why am I doing this to myself, to everyone around me? And you kind of go all the way through to the end and you're like, Hey, it's actually not that bad. So <laughs> I love it. And another thing about the process of the book is you, you reviewing it so many times yes. you're going over and over it and then your editor and then you re go over it and then, you know, for, for mine, there's several steps of editing. And by the end of it, you're like, I can't even see this with fresh eyes anymore. Yes. I don't know what people are going to feel about this, but I did my best, you know, but I'm, I'm truly thankful and, and excited about, I think the final product here. And I had a great team with Zondervan on it. And so, um, they really definitely made a big difference in how I was able to write out the stories better and, and share my heart more fully, I think in the topic. So that was cool. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I'll get into our first question then. And that is, who are you currently learning from? Yeah, great question. I'm, I'm a big reader. Uh, and so I don't know if you guys ever do this, but I, I get this thing in me where I want to read like every book by somebody if, if I like them, mm, you yep. know? And so currently I've been, uh, started last year. It's probably going to take me a few years. I've been reading every book that I can by Francis Schaefer. Uh, Jerry Bridges. And, and then just most recently, I stepped into kind of everything by Henry Nowen as well. I don't know if I'll actually read all their books. They, 
Dale wrote a lot of books, but trying to re- just read a ton of their stuff and, and catch what I can from it. Um, they're all very different um, authors. And then interestingly, when I was, when I was on years ago, um, you know, I mentioned the emotionally healthy leader and I did finally finish the emotionally healthy leadership book, but I've been reading other things by Pete Scazzaro as well. He's incredible. Um, and, and so those, those are a few things. I would also say that, um, outside of books, I'm learning from the current team we have in our ministry right now at Thick Eternity. Um, we've got some incredible, uh, teammates that I'm working with, Casey Helmick, um, Roger Coles and Malachi O'Brien. And I've just been, it's been interesting, the team that God's brought together with us. And we have, you know, some other staff as well, but that's kind of our core leaders. And, um, going back about a year ago when Billy Graham passed away, um, I just, I was actually was reading his autobiography for the first time around that time, read a lot of the books by their organization over the years, but was finally reading his own words in his autobiography. It's like 800 pages. Hmm. And, um, I just felt this heart, like, yes, he was kind of out of commission for a while there towards the end, but he's gone. And what step do I need to be taking to reach more people for Christ in my own calling and my mm-hmm. own life? Cause I'm called to reach people with the gospel. That's, my, that's my focus all the time. That's, that's what I think about every day. And, um, I know that that that's clearly what God has called me to and led me to. And, so I'm just thinking, how can I reach more people? What do I need to be stepping into? And that led me to Casey. And he's just been an incredible gift to our ministry and friend. And I always really respected him before that. But basically kind of the core team there is just so beautiful right now. Such a synergy. And I'm truly, and I don't say it, I'm not saying just to praise them, but I'm truly learning a lot uh, from kind of those guys. And I had learned from them as friends, but just the way we're working together as a team now has been, has been really good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what, what stood out to you most about Billy Graham's life when you were looking at that? And especially for you as an evangelist, what, what, what do you feel like? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This last year, what I was learning from was I read his biography. I read a huge biography about Henrietta Mears, which I'm almost finished with. uh, And I read a huge biography about Leonard Ravenhill. It's like, like, you know, five or 600 words as well. They're all like really big. And then I read a huge biography last year also about D.L. Moody. And that one was like four or 500 words as well. Awesome. It's a new one called D.L. Moody, a life. And it's incredibly well-written, I would say in the backdrop of other histories that have been written about him. But mm. with Billy, um, I mean, I've, I've learned so much from his life and ministry and there's a ton of stuff I could say. Um, it was interesting reading in his own words um, because I mean, I would say he's not quite what I, his personality kind of seem more when it's in his own words. Right. And so, I mean, I've, I heard him preach when I was a kid, but other than that, I just hear what people say about him and mm-hmm. what people have written about him. So it was really interesting doing that. Um, he was, he, he was a machine. <laughs> he, he traveled a ton Yeah, and it was gone, gone all the time. So that, that would just be, I mean, it was a different generation, but that would just be overwhelming. Uh, he was a hard worker, very clearly, um, definitely a very gracious person you can tell in his writing and, and stuff. And so, yeah, just, um, there's, there's a lot of things I learned. I mean, I'm, I would just say though, he's just a great model for anybody, any leader of integrity, of graciousness and treating people well and of staying focused and, you know, just a lot of things that we can all learn from him. That's good. That's good. So Matt, for you right now and for your team, what would you say the main point of emphasis is? So, um, I would say that 
you know, two things are really on the top of mind right now. And it's just kind of partly where we are, uh, partly Todd tweeting through a book recently, uh, The Power of Christian Contentment, <laughs> which right away I was like, I mean, Todd had the pre-advance pre release copy or whatever, so I couldn't get it yet. Nobody wanted to give it to me, but no, I didn't, I didn't ask around. <laughs> I just pre-ordered it, wait till it released, and then it was like really anxious. I just started reading into it, but I read the version devotional in the meantime, which I loved and then read Todd's tweets, living vicariously through his pre-reading of the book. But the reason it was so important to me is that's been a real big theme, um, contentment. I just think um, as a leader, we're constantly thinking about the vision and the next steps. And that's, I mean, I eat that for breakfast. I, I love dreaming about not just anything, but the right things. I love dreaming about the next steps that God has called us to. And and we're seeing great things happen, great, great big things. But in the midst of that, there's a Christian call to contentment. And um, a piece of that is just, that's, you know, the heart that God would have us to have, that we're not always trying to think bigger and better. I mean, one of the things I've thought through through this last season has been, you know, if I, and, and I'm thinking of social media in some ways when I think of this, but, you know, wanting to be first and best at everything is like just the sure sign that we have an unhealthy heart, you yeah. know. Um, we need to pull back and go, listen, I need to stay in my lane. And, and part of that is Christian contentment. You know, part of that is just saying, um, God's called me to be grateful and satisfied with what he's blessed me with, with what he's given, even while he might call me to do something more for his kingdom. And so I don't know how that applies to your leadership or where churches, pastors are right now, but those are some thoughts. I, for us in our team, it's, it's partly too, because we're a small team with a very, very strapped budget. It's learning to live within our limitations and to see our limitations in some ways as God-given limitations too in her, his sovereignty and where we're at right now um, that he's teaching us things and that um, you know we need to keep growing in wisdom but also in, in contentment as well and, and yeah well and stuff and so that that's one well Matt for that one especially contentment wise I mean you Todd alluded to it earlier, but you've worked in the background and alongside uh, Greg Laurie and just a ton of these just men of God, evangelists, huge platforms, huge impacts. And you yourself have a, a, a large platform, a significant impact with Think Eternity and with um, your books and, and the new one coming out. So for you, I mean, you, you are both in the limelight, but also behind the limelight, depending on the hat you're wearing, you know? <laughs> so in, in yeah. light of all that, how do you personally guard yourself against jealousy? How do you guard yourself and, and move toward contentment when you're so in the limelight, so to say? Yeah. And some of the stuff that we've been doing too, like I would say, if, so our ministry is focused on three things. It's focused on these outreach events. It's focused on online evangelism, discipleship, and, and gospel-centered content. And then it's focused on mentoring young influencers and young leaders. And that's just something I was doing as like, a, I just thought it was a side thing for a while. <laughs> I was like, this is just part of my heart. I just feel like God's putting in my heart to mentor some of these young leaders. Some of them are pastors. Some are, you know, literally like their job is like YouTube uh, videos of their family <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, And just kind of something God led us into. Well, part of that is those guys are like, 
super, some of them have just gained super influence. And so, you know, not only am I trying to be a blessing to those guys and my heart is in that with those guys has been just to be a blessing to them, not to like do it for my own agenda, not to do it for my own ministry. Um, but just to serve and to invest in the next generation spiritually, because they all have such a massive influence. I mean, between a couple of those groups, it's like 315 young influencers with 635 million followers between them. So it's wow. just kind of mind boggling and on all different platforms. Yeah. And there are several different kind of identity groups that we've just felt God has led us into at this season, at least who knows what he has in store, but it just again, wanting to be a blessing and they all have like great reach, you know, some of them like, you know, honestly, some of them, their dog Instagram has like 10 times more followers than mine, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's like their dog. Yeah. Yeah. Their exactly. dog post. I'm, not, I'm not messing. Like <laughs> I'm just saying. So, so some of them, I mean, it's just incredible to see the reach, the impact, the outreach, the, the effectiveness. And I just, I'm just me, you know? And so I just, I just, I've had to learn through that. I think part of it too, is I'm introducing these guys to leaders, introducing them to each other. And sometimes they all become best friends with each other without me. Sometimes <laughs> I'm just being totally vulnerable here. Yeah. Sometimes they follow each other on Instagram and no one follows me. I'm like, I brought everyone together. Like, you know, so it's interesting being a, as a leader, sometimes you're the facilitator of things that need to happen and relationships that need to happen and of discipleship that needs to happen. But Obviously, people don't always pat you on the back. I know church leaders and pastors know that really well, um, but probably every leader knows that really well. And so, you know, as a believer, as a leader, I'm just, you know, I just know that I need to have the right heart in all this, that it's so important that I give to people without an expectation of return, that I do things for, even for non-influencers in the, in the sense of like, you know, some mass scale, but even for people, everyone influences somebody, but even for people who aren't, you know, I just, God's called me to serve people. Um, who can't do anything for me. God's called me to love my family. So I, I, I need to focus kind of always on that heart thing. And it's, sometimes it's easy. Most days it's pretty easy. Some days though, I have those feelings and those challenges too, that, you know, in the midst of all this, that I go, I got to be content. I got to have the right heart and I got to give this to the Lord and, and stuff like that. And so, there, I mean, all of us are that way. And so um, there's definitely for me though, I, I just keep coming back to contentment and, and guarding my heart and being careful. And, um, you know, there, there's one time I'll just, this, this might be helpful. There's one time where, where I was really struggling. This is like a year and a half ago. And I wrote in a note, just why am I feeling this way? Why am I wishing more? You know, why am I wondering why people don't follow me on Instagram, certain people? And so I just listed them. I just, I thought about it. And I'm like, why is this a problem? For First of all, let me just add, my wife goes, you're dumb. <laughs> why do you care about that? You know, I don't know why I care about it. <laughs> I don't know why it matters to me. And so it's good sometimes to just process why you feel the way you feel. And that was helpful for me just to think through it and, and go, you know, just lay it all out there and just kind of personally like, think through my feelings, my emotions so that I could, because as a leader, you, a lot of times we just run through life. We're driven. You know, we don't stop and process why we feel the way we feel. Yeah, you're right. But if we do process it in a healthy way, then I, we tend to kind of treat people better around us, mm. you know, kind of be a little bit easier in our team and, and just kind of be a little bit more um, easy to be around. So it's, it's a good thing to process kind of why we feel the emotions throughout the day. Love it. So what are other than read, uh, other than read the Bible and spend time with the Lord, what are what are one or two things that you feel like you have to do every day in order to stay sharp? 
man, you told, you stole my first one. I, I was like, I'm going to be the spiritual guy here. <laughs> I'm going to go after God. That's the first thing. No, of course that's important. So you just took that, um, you know, but, but another one would be, you know, and I would just say this is kind of because of the journey I've been on and the things that you guys have mentioned. Um, I just, uh, through this time, you know, how it all started was about eight years ago. Um, I'm not sure if I'm getting the years right. I just felt a burden to intentionally invest in young leaders and um, in the recent years, I've found some more kind of creative ways to do that in some of these gatherings that we've done, learning from older leaders. And by the way, I wanted to say earlier, guys, like when you were talking about some of these older leaders, I just feel like God's put like five older leaders on my heart, whether or not I'm like serving them in any official capacity that I just, you know, there's a lot more leaders I love and that I look to and that I learn from and I gain wisdom from. But I just felt like there's been a few leaders God has just put on my heart pretty heavy to just to serve in any way I could and um, to be a blessing to them. And just because I so appreciate them, I mean, as leaders, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be all about us. We should be looking to people older than us. You know, we should be looking to um, people with gray hair, you know, people that full of wisdom that we can just, um, that God might just call us to serve. Like we hope someone might, you know, care about us someday when we're older um, and to gain anything we can from them just, spiritual wisdom wise, but getting back to the, um, to things every day, just this, this feeling serve younger generation. Um, I, you know, I've been learning over the years through this. It started with, there was an organization that was looking for influencers to take on trips to Israel. Yeah. And so a friend connected me and I just basically felt like Santa every time I've sent like friends over to Israel on these <laughs> trips. It's been super cool. It's all expense paid. It's like, Hey, call up my friend. Hey, do you want to go to Israel? So that has kind of led into over the years, learning more opportunities to do that, but learning a life of generosity. And it's not just your resources, your financial resources, although it starts there, it really does. Even as leaders, we're not just called to tell people to give, but we're called to give generously as led by the spirit and um, to be sacrificial in how we give of ourselves financially, but also the totality of our lives and our relationships. And so for me, it's been opening doors for a younger generation and raising them up kind of like I wish maybe some people would have done for me when I was younger, to be honest, mm, yeah. I didn't have in my life back then. And um, so, you know, I, it, it has been, that's why I say kind of where it's led me to today. Like I would say probably every day I'm thinking about like, how can I like give something like, how can I open a door for somebody? How can I give to somebody? Yeah. And I would say, honestly, almost on a daily basis, for sure. Weekly. I'm like, I'll connect with somebody who's looking for guests on a show. I'll connect with somebody who's, you know, a publisher who's looking for an you know, author, whatever it is. And I'm just like trying to look for ways to open doors for people without it being financial, yeah. without an expectation yeah. of return, without it being a job. And so I would just say it's led to a lot of joy. Um, but that is a, that is a kind of humble or a, not a humble habit, a practice for me. Um, it's led to a lot of joy and I'm just, um, I, I feel wired that way now. Like, you know, I want to do more of it because it is such a joy in my life. And so, you know, I'd say for any leader though, just looking for a way to be a blessing to some people around you on a regular basis is just like the most incredible habit. It's so good. Hmm. 
Love that. I love that. That's so helpful. And I think if every one of us, regardless of our level of influence, um, we all have influence, right? We all have influence with our children, with our spouses, with family members, with neighbors, in our churches, even in our small group, right? I mean, we all have that level of influence. So I don't think it's a matter of saying, oh, well, this isn't really going to matter. No, it matters. It matters. Mm-hmm. And God is watching how faithful you are in the little. And, you yes. know, I mean, he's, he's the one that stewards. He's the one that he, we're the stewards. He's the one that's going to, um, you know, increasing that influence doesn't necessarily mean favor. I think a lot of times that's what people equate it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, and, and that's not something we can really measure. It's more a matter of, hey, are we being faithful to the Lord, right? With yeah. what's right in front of us. Totally. Let me, let me add a few just random ideas just yeah. for a second of, you know, wherever you might be at, um, you know, some ways you can just be a blessing is, you know, what if, what if you, sh- you know, idea would be just like to message somebody that you're thinking about that's on your heart. Just tell them you're praying for them. That's an easy way to kind of do that. Um, to actually spend some time praying for somebody, you know, um, that you feel like God's hand is on their life. Yeah. Um, maybe to tell somebody that you notice, you know, that, you know, God's really doing a great work in their life, but also as a leader, I think we have a lot of times a platform. We a lot of times have um, opportunity. And so that would be like, you know, who's somebody that you can raise up who maybe doesn't even quite deserve it yet, you know? Um, and, and it's not, you know, they're not getting all the platforms yet, but you just, you know, think that they've got what it takes for it. And so whether it's in a company or a church looking for some ways to do that, because a lot of times I'll tell you, um, it's great to have encouragement. Encouragement is essential, but sometimes an encouragement just as it looks like actually giving people like an open door, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course there's ways to give too. And so just, of course I think, and I just want to say this, it always, I know that we're going to get into this, but it always starts with your family first, you know, looking for home is, and, and honestly, the greatest joy comes from these little things like this, from giving comes from, you know, loving your family well. And so, um, it's not like it's without return. I mean, I think the way God's wired it all with generosity is that there's so much joy you experience. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's like a very satisfying life. Yeah. Yeah. I Highly recommend that. it. I love so. that. Well, before we go into our next question on what leadership looks like in your home, just a quick word from our sponsors. You know, training your volunteers and leaders is important, but do you ever not know where to start? That's why LifeWay Leadership developed Ministry Grid. With Ministry Grid's library of over 3,000 training videos, the work has already been done for you, and you're able to train everyone in your church no matter the role. And this is training you can trust. Each Ministry Grid video features an experienced ministry leader who has actually been where you are now and has done this before. These are expert practitioners. You can also customize this training by adding videos, PDFs, YouTube, uh, anything you want to these videos and make them your own. And now Ministry Grid has one plan with one price that gives you unlimited access to train your entire church. Just go to ministrygrid.com to learn more. Once again, that's ministrygrid.com. All right, Matt, what does leadership in your home look like? Yeah. So, um, survival right now, <laughs> I'm just yeah, kidding. three under got four, three right? Kids, new baby on the way. Um, so yeah, just, you know, trying to get sleep. No. Um, yeah, for me, um, I would just say two areas, um, you know, and, and 
one of my greatest examples was has, in my life has been my father-in-law um, who led a very successful real estate company in the Twin Cities. Actually, at one point, it was, it was uh, named the most successful branch in the world for its real estate well. organization. And uh, he worked his way up to 500, 600 realtors, 15 business offices around the Twin Cities. <clears throat> and he left that by God's leading later in his life to go into ministry and to pastor our church for 11 years after his dad had pastored it. Together, they led the church for a half century. Mm-hmm. You know, here in the Twin Cities, a church called Emmanuel. And um, so he really had some great success, you know, had some great financial success as well um, before the ministry stuff. And then... Um, he's now retired, but then heading into the church, I mean, as a pastor, you guys probably know this pretty well. Like if the pastors of the church, I mean, people flock to him. <laughs> that's just, mm. that's just my experience at least like they're rock stars. Um, and it, and it's like, I mean, when my father-in-law finished pastoring, you know, the people who always run to him, don't run to him anymore. They run yeah. to the other people now. <laughs> so he finished, he finished his role before he needed to. Yeah. We felt like God had, given him a transitional role. So he did 11 years. He finished his role. He could have gone for another 15 years if he wanted to. People would have celebrated it. Uh, But he had this great influence at the church and was very, you know, God's hand was on his life in such a strong way as he would preach and teach every week. And as he'd lead, he was an incredible leader. I mean, just one of the greatest that I've ever seen in my life. And, And I'll just add that a lot of you guys over at Lifeway, I feel that way about you as well. I've learned so much from you guys and your leadership. Um, and I don't say that lightly, mm. but he was an incredible example of this kind of quality of leadership that really is powerful, that's humble and that's gracious and that really motivates people to do their best work. And yet, as I would come around, as I'm dating his daughter and then we get married, one of the things that was very profoundly powerful in my, in my personal life was when his wife would make these incredible meals and then he'd start doing the dishes at the end. I'm like, whoa, like this guy who's like, I just hadn't seen that in my life and nothing against my family. You know, my dad's amazing, but I hadn't seen that example of serving your family in that way. Yeah. And for me that, I mean, first of all, maybe he didn't always do that. Maybe he was just like his future son-in-laws are around. So he was like doing it so that we would start doing that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I should ask him that. But, um, Quickly, my brother-in-law and I found, fell into line. Like, you know, it was kind of this thing, like, fine, like it's not just on one spouse to serve. We're all serving each other. And yeah. so, you know, I would say one of the biggest ways leadership in my home looks like is serving my wife and my kids. And, and they do, you know, they do things too. We all serve each other. But I think as a dad, that's a really big deal. And um, it's powerful. And I also think I would just add to the generosity conversation, so much joy. I mean, so much joy from serving my family. And, you know, so that that's one thing. And I would just kind of tag to that, that I've thought a lot about now that I've had kids, I pray for them. I, I try to raise them right. I want to be a great, great example for them and learning as I go, just like all of us. But I feel so strongly, and I've thought about this a lot, that your kids really copy a lot of what you do, like your mannerisms, like your attitude. Um it's uncanny and it's really crazy. Uh, but so the thought that I've had so, so frequently in leading my own home is that I don't like my kids aren't going to do what I tell them to do or what I say. They're going to do what I do. Mm, yep. So I need to, I need to walk 
I need to model my life in a way around them, you know, and how I treat everybody and how I treat my family and how I serve and how I lead. I need to model in a way that I hope, you know, that they'll do as well. None, none of us are perfect, but that that's a big revelation. I think just to say, no, I need to, I need to live the way that I want them to live. And so it kind of starts there. Awesome. Okay. So moving into this question, I, I, you know, you already talked about working with a lot of young leaders and different things. And, um, I, I think that this is a really great question for you to answer. So I'm excited to hear your answer. Uh, <laughs> what would you tell your 20 year old self about preparing to lead? Yeah, totally. Um, well, so I'm, I just turned 36, <laughs> so I'm not, um, too far. Uh, although I feel that further but, um, than you want to be. Yeah, I am. I am. No, no, it's all, it's all good. Life, life just keeps going on, doesn't it? It does. Um, you know, in, in my twenties, I would just say, you know, I've been doing ministry these 18 years. So I would just say, um, and, and I've been doing honestly kind of, kind of a creative entrepreneurial ministry. Um, that's not like the, the typical blazed path of a pastor, um, or, or, you know, it's, it's, nonprofit world is just a little different. Um, but I would just say to myself, like, you know, to enjoy the process. I think that would be one thing I'd say. Um, enjoy every day, be in the moment kind of thing. Um, another thing I'd say to myself, um, is that, you know, I mean, stuff drives you as a leader, stuff drives you as a young leader. You're like trying to make something of yourself, make a name, prove yourself in some ways because we don't realize early on, sometimes leaders don't realize even later on, like what's driving us, hmm. what's our motivation. You're right. And, you know, and I don't, I don't say this lightly, like there's truly, there's no success that will satisfy you like walking with Christ. Yep. Like there's, there's no achievement that will satisfy you like your walk with the Lord and that what you have in the gospel already is greater than anything you'll ever possibly achieve in your life. And it's not even close. It's light years different what you already have in the gospel. So kind of leaning into that and working from a foundation of that is something I remind myself of every day, something that as leaders, you know, we need to think about what is motivating us to work so many hours, what is motivating us to push our team in certain ways, what is motivating us and, and kind of see that. And I mean, earlier on, I didn't have a team to think about that with, but I was thinking my, just my own self, um, that <clears throat> that's just such an important place to work from. But Todd, you are making me think though, what would I tell these young influencers that I gather? Cause a lot of times, sometimes I'll speak to them. A lot of times I've gathered them with pastors like Greg Laurie, Lee Strobel, you know, David Green from Hobby Lobby. And I'll gather them with some of these guys. And Todd, you've been a part of some of those. Yep, yep. And I don't always speak to them. So I, I don't, I'm pretty comfortable a lot of times holding these things in it. I don't need to be at the forefront at every single one of them, although I do feel called to preach and I'm preaching regularly, but I, I don't always need it to be kind of around me. And so what would I say to them? Cause I don't even know if I've even had a moment in all these, yeah. in one of the groups that I've even had that I've even spoke to them. I mean, I've sent them emails. I've sent them thoughts here and there. I've want to kind of personally be there as a support and a pastor to them in any way I can, but I'm also allowing a lot of these other leaders to speak to them. So what would I say to them? Um, I would say right now, something that's been on my heart is just the importance of like always fighting pride. 
because when you have influence, when you have opportunity, a platform, when you have some achievement behind you, um, you know, we can start to feel pride. And I'll be honest, the first person I think of when I want to open an opportunity to some, you know, for something is the people with, with the, you know, with less pride, (laughs) you know, Mm. who, who who is humble and gracious and and grateful, you know, and so, and who is, who doesn't make it all about themselves, who makes it about others. So, I mean, you guys probably feel that way too. Like the young leaders that you think about that you want to open doors for, if they already think real highly of themselves, it's automatically that you're going to think a little less highly, but if they think less highly of themselves, you're going to think more highly. Like yeah, that's just you're right. You're reality. Right. It's true. You look to raise up. And so, um, so I would just say just, it's so important. You know, some of these guys are getting book deals now and they're, you know, and they're seeing some, just some amazing things in different ways. And I would just say like, when the opportunity opens up, that's the time to like really double down on like, laying down pride and being humble and maybe finding some ways to make it less about you, um, in different ways. And so, so that would be one thing I'd say that I just think, man, is just important. I mean, not necessarily. Yeah. I don't know quite, I hadn't thought quite of that saying that to myself when I was younger, although I probably needed it too, but I'm just thinking of just some of these amazing people. No matter what age we are too. Cause that, that's a cyclical thing that happens at different stages in our lives where it almost goes back uh, similar to the old adage of, hey, you underestimate, you overestimate what you can accomplish in a year. You underestimate what you can accomplish in 10. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times those opportunities are going to come for you, uh, you know, as you're faithful. And I mean, yeah. sometimes they don't, let's be honest. Uh, and, yeah. and sometimes they do. But but yeah. when they do, I do think no matter what age or stage that you're at, you're tempted by that because, you know, earlier in life you may say, oh, if I can just get to here or this point, I'll be happy or I'll be content. And then you, mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. years later, I mean, you pine for that, wait for that, whatever. God does different yeah. things in your life. Uh, and then that comes about. Yeah. And, you know, you have that opportunity. And then yeah. what do you Here, do? Two other you have a tendency to want the next thing. Yeah, of and course. The next thing. Yeah. The next thing. Yeah. To- totally. Coming back agree, to contentment, man. right? Yep. Yeah. And I just add two little thoughts to that, that, um, I mean, there's this, there's this, it seems like a common theme for young preachers, at least the ones that I've seen to talk about, like, like their message a lot of times is about like how you like, how you get elevated you know? And, and that bothers me. Like, it's not about greater and greater opportunity. The Christian life and the leadership life is not about like how you can get to the next level. It's about how you can serve and be forgotten and lay your life down. And so, you know, I would just say that, um, that would be something that I'd say to myself that I'd say to these young leaders. And, And one last thing that I have said to them, um, I encouraged them all to read Dave Ferguson's book, Hero Maker. Um, and I said, I'm really trying to open doors for you guys and invest in you guys, but how can you do that too? How can you look around for people around you that you can give to selflessly, that you can build up, that you can release into God's calling in their life? And so I wouldn't want any of these guys that God has allowed me to encourage or bless in any way to just take it and run. You know, mm. <laughs> I want them to be thinking about how they can make other people the hero. And so that it's a kingdom thing and it's not about us individually. Love that. 
Love that. Well, thanks so much, Matt, for being on the podcast with us. Where can our listeners find you and, and your new book? Yeah, totally. So um, I'm at Evangelist Matt on social. Our ministry is thinky.org, where we have regular devotional content that hope encourages you. And then uh, and then also the book is at truthplusslovebook.com and available wherever. And so hopeful that God will just really use that in people's lives. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we'll put that all in the show notes. Thanks again for being right. on Thank with us. Thank you guys. Matt. You guys are it. some of my heroes. I love you. And, um, and I don't just say that lightly, but I just so appreciate you guys. It is truly an honor. Um, this is just one of the greatest podcasts out there. Oh, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate your friendship. You too, buddy. Well, thanks again for listening to the five leadership questions podcast. Be sure to check out the EST podcast as well. They are a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family. And recently they've approached topics like Christian celebrity, like we've just really been talking about influence and leveraging that on this podcast. So be sure to check that out. Just look up EST or if you're on your podcast app, usually there's related or family of podcasts and you can click on that from this one. Thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time. 